Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one audio source for Harry Potter news, theories, discussion, as well as info straight from the makers of the books and films themselves, like me, Matt Lewis. I play Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films, and I'm very happy to be here helping introduce your hosts, the Pottercast trio, Melissa, John, and Sue. Well, don't worry, we're not going to spoil you anymore. This is... Aww. Aww, this is Pottercast 81. Welcome! Yay! Welcome. Uh, I'm happy to be back. Yay. We have such a wonderful show for you this week. This week, the canon conundrums is about the draft of the living death. Ooh. Ew, and no. I can't wait to hear it because I haven't even, I haven't even talked, I haven't thought about this yet. I'm not in this canon conundrums. Don't you mean the drought of the living death? <laughs> I think I think in English they say draft. Draft. Draft of the living death. Draft. Mm, anyway, we F. also have the return of Super K in a mailbag. Finally, <laughs> we get to all your voicemails that have been piling up for weeks. We Her also name have is Special K Coulson. Special K Coulson. That's right. We, also- <laughs> <laughs> we have some great news, great announcements, and of course, a great message from our friends at Borders. Today's podcast is brought to you by Borders. Coming this spring, Borders is offering an exclusive 2008 Harry Potter wall calendar featuring images chosen by our customers, loyal Harry Potter fans like you. Vote for the pictures you'd like to see in this exciting calendar. Simply click on the Borders banner at the top of the Pottercast website, and also be sure to reserve Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows at Borders. It will be 40% off and you'll get a free sticker. Choose from Trust Snape or Snape is a Very Bad Man. Hurry in, they're only available at Borders. Which one would you guys get? Trust Snape or Snape is a Very Bad Man? Mm. Trust Snape! I trust him. Sorta. I, uh, I'm gonna get a Trust Snape and I'm gonna get a Snape is a Very Bad Man and put that one upside down on my bum or something. <laughs> I'm not even gonna... I need one of each. I need to wear one of each on each side. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, some quick announcements. We will be, as, as we've been saying, at Phoenix Rising, the Harry Potter convention in New Orleans on May 17th. We're doing a live Pottercast there. Great city of New Orleans. That is, you can you, you have to be, some, what you call it? Registered. That's the word. Yeah. Registered to go to the convention. <laughs> to, be, to go to the podcast you can do that at thephoenixrises.org we're also helping organize a trip to go help out at Habitat for Humanity on the morning of the 17th we will have those details for you as soon as we can on the podcast website so keep an eye out for that the live podcast at Phoenix Rising will, Phoenix, will feature Matt who is the Whomping Willows and also Brian of Draco and the Malfoys they're going to be playing some awesome acoustic music some new stuff that you've never heard actually I got a, a, a peek at some of it this week and it's, it's pretty awesome um um, as always, vote for us at Podcast Alley. Do the dig.com thing. We also have a new segment this week, guys. A whole Ooh. new segment. It is mm. called Scribby, the Scribby Five, and it's our Scribulous team, our SA team. And they talk about one or two or three or however much they want in five minutes of the latest essays, the latest discussions in the Harry Potter world. Oh, neat. Pretty awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm psyched about it. They, 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 they bring a really unique way of discussing this fandom but speaking of essays if you haven't we i can't believe we haven't been making this announcement we reopened recently harrypotter7.com that's s-e-v-e-n harrypotter7.com 
Podcast.com. And this is our fan resource for all your, your discussion and analysis leading up to book seven. So we've wrapped up all six books and written like 30 essays, just huge amounts of, of discussion and analysis on book seven. You can get it all there, but the really big important thing about this site is that we're using it as our fifth Get a Clue charity drive. It's the last book's first books drive, and we are collecting through July 21st for Book Aid International. Now, Book Aid International is an organization that sets up libraries in countries where they can't set up libraries for themselves, so they help people educate themselves, and we've been donating to them for a few years now. We're going to try and make this the biggest one yet. We want the Harry Potter fans to donate and for us to make a big donation on behalf of all of us on July 21st. As we get our last Harry Potter, we remind everybody how important we think it is that nobody is with Harry Potter. So go do that. Yes. Toward that aim, another, sorry, all these announcements. Toward that aim, another announcement, another announcement this week is that the Wizard Rockers, I don't know if you guys, we've, we've had Paul on the show a few weeks ago to talk about it. The, the Wizard Rockers have come up with the EP of the Month Club. It's at wizardrockclub.com where you pay $50 and you get 12 CDs over the year, 12 CDs of exclusive content, and they're donating all the proceeds to First Book, another literacy charity. Well, they have donated to our charity effort a signed full 12 CD set that they'll give to us at wow. the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, check it out. 12, that, that's seriously. That's and think about it. These rockers, a lot of them don't even play live shows. A lot of them just exist on MySpace. Some of them, are, they're so scattered all over the country at any given time that to get, 12, to get all 12 of these signed, it's pretty much impossible. But thanks to their generosity. Which bands are going to oh, be gosh, doing Oh, gosh, there's it? so many. Hold on a second. Draco and the Malfoys, Harry and the Potters, Voldemort, the Hungarian Horntails, who's the seven-year-old, who's pretty awesome, the Remus Lupins, our friend Alex, yeah. also Remus and the Lupins, which is hilarious, Runa Waslib, the Parcel Mouths, Ginny and the Heartbreakers, the Flor Delacours, who are like apparently a very feminist band, the, and the Marauders, nice. and Dumbledore. Now, I have the first two, I lucked out, I have the first two CDs right here, um, almost before anybody got them, because they came in to the Harry and the Potter's house right when I visited at the end of the tour, so I just... You stole them. No, they gave them to me. I've paid for these. You nicked them with I Draco did in not, the bookstore. I did not. I was handed these. I paid for the whole set. I just yeah. happened to get, get mine in person. Um, mm-hmm. It was. I lucked out, so I probably. I believe you. She went to early the dark side, you know. But I gotta tell you, they're really cool. They're really. They're very slickly, like not slick, um, but very professionally produced. They all have sort of a, a, a unified, nice, dark classic look kind of limited edition look feel you know mm-hmm. with each band's imprint right on the front but it's it's got a very um you, you feel like you're holding limited editions which you you technically are there's only 750 slots i think they've sold almost half of those already so if you do want to buy a subscription you should do that right now remember full you have to donate wait here's how this is going to work you <laughs> you have to donate five dollars or more to the leaky thing to the flu networks harrypotter7.com and we will pick somebody at random. They will get this full 12-person autographed 12-CD set at the end of all this. Wow. So go do that. Ooh. That's neat. And I think... Isn't it cool? They're it just really so generous. I, I floated the idea, and they said, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, not even a, not even a second thought, you know? Good so, guys what they are. Good guys. Good guys. So we're all for the literacy. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for Sue's News. Our top story this week is big, 12 million reasons big, or 12 million copies of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows big, that is. 
As Scholastic, the U.S. publishers of the Harry Potter novels announced plans to print this vast number of first-run copies of the long-awaited last Harry Potter book. This does break the record from Half-Blood Prince, which saw 10.8 million first-run copies printed by Scholastic back in 2005. Wow. In other announcements from Scholastic, the company said that starting April 17th, their new Soon There Will Be Seven campaign will kick off, featuring this slogan, which will appear on billboards, online, and print media everywhere starting next month. Their website will also feature a host of fun online activities for fans to enjoy. And publishers said that they are going to ask fans the seven biggest questions related to Deathly Hallows. Hmm. Scholastic will release one question every two weeks, and this runs from April 17th to July 7th. Also, starting June 2nd, seven weeks before the release of Deathly Hallows, Scholastic is also launching a special night bus tour that will take off from New York City and travel to 40 libraries in 10 major metropolitan areas all across the country here in the United States. In each location where the bus does stop, fans will be invited to visit the night bus and share on video their thoughts and feelings about the Harry Potter books. Well, in the wake of this news, there are reports now as to the plans of the other publishers. Canadian Potter publishers Raincoast report that they are just now finishing up making their plans for the release. However, they are not announcing them as of yet. Raincoast also anticipates demands for the last book will be high and said they plan to add more release parties to number around 400 this time. TLC will have complete coverage of all release events, happenings, and much more as we draw closer to July 21st, so stay tuned. In film news now, there is a new interview online with director David Yates, who speaks about things such as taking over the helm on the Order of the Phoenix movie, working with and helping Dan Ratcliffe prepare for the emotional journey his character of Harry Potter takes during this last movie. And Mr. Yates also addresses some of the underthemes of the film and says that the Order of the Phoenix movie is, quote, trying to look at what fear does to people, end quote. In another bit of film-related news now, despite the early screening reports of the movie, work still does continue. Actor David Bradley gave a new interview where he rather humorously spoke about some additional voice recording work he just did this week for his role as Hogwarts caretaker Argus Filch. Mr. Bradley says that, quote, Filch spends most of his time chasing Harry, so it was mainly grunts and heavy breathing. It felt like I was dubbing a porn movie, end quote. <laughs> okay. And finally, we saw some new images from the upcoming Order of the Phoenix video game, which you can check out in our galleries, as well as learning of a new contest from CBBC Newsround for lucky residents in the UK to go behind the scenes of the making of the game. Well, you can learn more about all of these stories by clicking on leakingnews.com, which is updated daily with all things Harry Potter. Guys? And we're back. Yeah. Well, thank you for that news, Sue. I'm tired of talking after all those announcements. Uh You guys talk. You know, okay, the big slogan from our friends at Scholastic, the U.S. publishers, have now announced their big campaign. It's called There Will Soon Be Seven. I don't know if I like that or not. It's kind of soon be seven. I mean, I don't know. But it's a big, huge thing, and it's going to be a fabulous, fabulous whole summer for everybody. And that night bus tour, they're doing that special night bus tour, which is starting June 2nd. And it's going to 40 libraries in 10 major cities. That'll be just... yeah. What kind of bus is this going to be? I'm so curious what it's going to look like. I hope it's big and purple. I do too. (laughs) Yeah. If it's like some school bus or like a short bus that they painted purple or something, I'd be all like, what kind of night bus is that, guys? Come on. (laughs) I just think of... I want want some chandeliers in that thing. 
I think it'd be awesome if we could just like go on there just once. I would like to go in there and go, take it away, Ern! Or something. Just, you know, yes. I could see us doing it. It'd be hilarious. It'd be awesome. I'd love to. I want to go follow it around and take video and, you know. I do. Oh, and cover it. That would be awesome. How much does it cost for hot chocolate and the night bus? Ooh. I think it's 11 sickles, I think. Something like that. Something. I don't remember. Wow. We're fading. Yeah, I don't know. Masters. But you know what else they're doing? And this is kind of curious to me. They're asking seven biggest questions relating to the last book, and then they're going to republish one or release one every two weeks. Now, isn't that a oh. little... I mean, they have the answers. Yeah. So, won't that be telling us a bit about book seven? Is that like a new clue every two weeks? I think so. Are I they know. just going to release the questions, or are they going to release the... <laughs> The answers and the questions. I thought it might have been just the questions. I don't think they're going to be like like answers, like quick answers. But what I'm saying when I say they have the answers is that they, they know which seven questions are the most important, obviously, to book seven, and we don't. So when we get sure. one of these clues, it's going to be like laying out, I don't know if I want that. I don't know. Just as makes me all just go, woo! You know? Yeah. <laughs> woo! <laughs> Watch out. Sue's <laughs> going woo. I've gone woo. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Stand back. Oh, I mean. Stay clear. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of books. Stay clear. The closing door. A lot of books coming. 12 though, baby. million. 12 million. Which goes with their sort of thing. They sort of go up 20% each time. First, it was 8 million for yeah. book five. And now it's t- it was 10.8 for book six. And now about 12 million. I'm sure we've said it on this podcast before. I'm positive. But, um,. Yeah, twelve million. Hmm. I, you know, I do. I, I, I personally am like buying like at least two or three copies. You know, because I want. I can't even count version. how many copies of Half Blood Prince I have. I have, I have an English. I have two Americans. I have two deluxes. I don't even know. They just sort of pile up. I have so many. They're just hanging around. So see, this will be my yeah, first deluxe few. version. So I'm, I, I pre-ordered. That'll be my first one. I thought I'm gonna treat myself. I'm gonna do it. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. Very exciting. I don't know, but everybody's starting to make their plans, and Raincoast is still going to reveal theirs, and I'm sure we'll hear something fabulous from Bloomsbury yet. I don't know. It'll be pretty cool to see all the different things. I collect all the stuff. I've been, like, printing things out. You know, we've been finding... I don't know. I want to get all the... Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I'm a squirrel that way. <laughs> going to make a big scrapbook. Yeah, you know, like a big scrapbook to save all my, like, little clippings and stuff as we go along, and, like, all the bookmarks and the ads. I don't know. Okay, other news. There's movie news, babe. I know we talked a lot about it last week, but I thought this was, like, hilarious. David Bradley, who plays Argus Filch. Yes. (laughs) Said he's doing, like, um, additional, like, voice recording. When they they have to go in and, and, like, in filmmaking, they have to, like, sync up, like... A lot of times when they shoot the scenes, the sound isn't always there, so they have to go in and, like, redub and stuff, and... He said he was going in there. <laughs> All he does is breathe heavy, and <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty. They probably have him do it over and over and over again too. So it probably yeah. does. He said, "What did he say? It was like filming a porn movie." Yes, is which you know, oh, no. <laughs> so nice. Oh, they would probably no. keep it with the children's theme. Love you. Yeah, thank um, you. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, but I love that I don't new know what movie he's watching. I love that new David Yates interview where he says yes. that Order of the Phoenix is is. You try to look at what fear does to people. It's exactly what the movie's about, what the it book is. is about. Yes. Um, it's like pretty he, awesome. He got it, you know? I mean, you can hear stuff from directors and you think, oh, but it's, he really got the gist of what's going on in that, you know, what Joe's doing. And I just thought, phew, really cool. 
Gave me a lot of hope. I mean, we keep hearing these previews and stuff, but I just gave, when I hear things from him, it gives me a lot more hope for the movie. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Melissa, there was something that I, I wanted to ask you about this MySpace yeah. scam thing. Oh, what, 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 what gall? I swear. We get this email yeah. from somebody who claims to be the unit publicist, who, as far as we knew, was not the unit publicist. So I wrote, I wrote this person back saying, I'm sorry, you know, yeah. I know you're not the unit publicist. It's <laughs> better luck next time. And then I looked yeah. up and then I, I, I actually asked the unit publicist and they told me that that person was actually recently promoted to unit publicist. And I said, Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. So I wrote this person back again and I was like, look, I'm sorry. I, I think we got things wrong. But then I looked closer at the address uh-huh. at publicist.com. I was like, wait a second. Harry Potter people do not use publicist.com. So I forwarded it on to Warner Brothers who were outraged. Just <laughs> outraged. I mean, the, I mean that that's actual impersonation. That, that's actually actual illegal impersonation. They're real, they're real ticked off. Somebody sent an email claiming to be the unit publicist for Harry Potter and that they... they they were opening Daniel Radcliffe's official MySpace, and they wanted to know if we had input. Now, cra- uh, what, what were they trying to get out of us? Like great tips for a MySpace? What they want to know what his favorite foods are, and we you know what his eye color is, and all this thing. You know, like this is a really, really weird, oddball scam. But don't if you if you get an email. Mm-hmm. No, I doubt. Well, maybe they were trying to find out if, like, say, we had his personal address or something. And you're going to say, like, well, if you're going to set up a space, did you contact so-and-so, you know? I don't right, know. Right, right. Oh, it's such BS. Yeah. It's so funny. I we First of all, we, we'd never, yeah. you know? Right. But, ah, ah, ugh, ugh. People, just don't do it. If anything comes from publicist.com, it is not from Harry Potter. And plus, why are they emailing you anyway? Plus, they... they they're, Dan doesn't have a MySpace. There's a million MySpaces pretending to be Dan Radcliffe. They are not him. Right. None of the guys mm. really have official MySpaces. Except for Tony Mosley. <laughs> or Tony Mosley. <laughs> he has his own well, some, One or two of the other actors, too, but none of the yeah. main actors have official MySpaces, I, I don't think, anyway. Yeah. It's just anyway. links that people will go to. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. There's one more thing. News Round is holding a new contest for, I think, for younger kids in the UK to go behind the scenes of the Phoenix game, which I think that we mm-hmm. heard about. That's way cool. Yeah. Rock on. I want to go behind the scenes. You've been behind the scenes. Ah. Ah. Oh. Well, I think that it is time for some canon conundrums. It's time for some mailbag. It's time for some Scrooby Five. I'm so psyched Ooh. about Scrooby Five. And then we'll be back for the drums. everyone out there in leaky land this is leaky <laughs> mailbag where we answer your questions except for the one where you ask us how to take the wombats Yay! <laughs> oh, I love that one. <laughs> i'm Kristen, and with us we have the fabulous melissa anelli hello we have sue and we have hello. john howdy 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 Okay, okay, should we turn to our mailbag? Mailbag, mailbag, mailbag. How many? Let's take let's take predictions. How many are we going to get through? This We're going to get through seven for seven, seven. Horcruxes. Seven. Okay, but and there's not Horcruxes. Don't email us anymore about that. We know there's Ugh. not seven Horcruxes. Thanks. <laughs> oh, but there's soon. Well, will be seven. speaking. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of Horcrux, <laughs> our first question is... Hey, podcast. So, I was wondering what you guys thought of that whole Harry the Horcrux deal, or like his scars Horcrux. I know most people shoot it down, but I'd like for you to maybe share some of the reasons that it could be true. Because I'm a believer that he is, because of numerous reasons that... But Scar just can't be normal, and part of Voldemort went inside of him. I was just wondering what you think. Thanks. Bye. What do you guys think? No. No. Next. Next question. (laughs) Hey, Pondercast. This is Shoshana from Pennsylvania, and I have noticed that only Christian holidays are celebrated in the books. Personally, I don't really mind this, but a lot of my family and relatives seem to. Out of the 300-plus students at Hogwarts, there are bound to be at least a few different religions. At first, I thought Joe just did this to appeal to the general public. But now with all this crazy Hollywood stuff going on, I'm wondering if it may have some deeper meaning. I'd love to hear what all of you guys have to think about this. Thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yes, Joe hates everyone who's not Christian. Yep. Kristen said Next. it. That's clear. <laughs> just want to state for the record, Kristen said it. <laughs> Send them my emails <laughs> to Kristen. <laughs> you know, I've actually, I've had a... This is one of the, this is, we get a similar question all the time, frequently from Mm -hmm. people who want to know, well, Joe hasn't written a gay character. Why haven't we seen this? Um, Joe hasn't talked about characters from certain countries. Does she have someone against them? Like America's? Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Over here, across the, across the. See? My my thought on this has always just been that you you write what you know, and these things are just background. Harry is the main character. Harry is not that observant. Harry doesn't observe anything. Exactly. Harry wouldn't remember I mean, what he had for breakfast at lunch. Sure. Harry Sorry. grew up, if not in a good Christian household, in one no. that at least recognized Christian holidays. So... It makes sense. Those those are the ones that he observes and comments on. And I just don't think he thinks about anything else. Well, you got your your Padma and Parvati. um, Sure. That most likely celebrate other holidays. Uh, I'm sure there's representatives of many other religions at Hogwarts. Well, it's also, I mean, England, I don't know. England has an official religion, right? England's official. They're officially Protestant or I, I don't know. What really? it is, but yeah, it's Church of England. Oh, you know, Church of England. Well, dollars from um, that. They're Protestant, but we're not in England anymore. They're like up, really up in Scotland. I think okay, it's just. I feel like Eddie Izzard coming I, on here. See, I did yes, it. I was thank wondering you. if you would notice. I was going to be quiet. I was going to be good. Well, hello, we're the Church of England. Hello. <laughs> I'll take okay, care, please. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry, John. Listening. You need to. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um. But I. I don't know. I don't think that's really. I don't know if that's really so much an excuse for Joe not putting in the other stuff. I think that's just the dominant. I mean, there might be a menorah somewhere at Christmas yeah. time. Well, you know, he's not writing stories about like every kid in the world's religion and how they celebrate them. Right. There's a story right. about people with magic wands and fighting bad guys and doing things and. Just also a recognition about, of secular about who's culture. Going to chapel. You know, on it's just a recognition that there is the succular culture in oh, this yeah. Hogwarts world. They don't; they're not in vacuum. You do have influences from the outside world. They do live True. outside their wizarding world. They have religions. They have a lot. You know, 
They have muggle elements right. to their lives. Right, and she, conversely, she doesn't take it to the extreme. She don't have them going to like a midnight mass or some sort of mm-hmm. thing like that. There's not an right. overt, you know, implication either. So, I mean, it's there, but it's kind of like more of a calendar issue sometimes. I mean, it's just, you know, the way to, to set up a scene sure. for, you know. Can you guys totally so, see that the Dursleys going to, going to mass for Harry? I just <laughs> no. cannot see it. I, I can see them like around the time like they bring across like the basket for the offertory. And, like, oh, no. Vernon, you know, puts in, like, a five and grabs, like, two ones back or something. And yeah. change out of the basket. <laughs> yeah. he's a cheap totally. little butthead. <laughs> That's so it'd great. Be an, it'd be an interesting, um, it'd be interesting to have them go to church just as another example of their hypocrisy. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. it would. <laughs> right. It's a very valid point. And they well, yell at Harry all the way home he, for not singing loud he, enough or whatever. You know, and part of it is if you're, I think if you're a popular author, it's kind of hard to, you're not going to win. And I don't, I don't mean that as, well, let's excuse her from doing this. But if she writes about 10 different religions, someone's going to write in and say, why didn't she write about this 11th one? Does she hate us? You you know, and, and the, or it's like the same question to compare Leaky to Joe Rowling. We get questions all the time. Why didn't you post this? Why didn't you tell us about this? Oh, I know. There has to, you have to draw a line hate somewhere. You. Right, that's it. You spend all your time, <laughs> exactly. you, you know, if you spend all your time doing all this other stuff, you can't meet your, your goal. For ours, it's posting news, and for Joe, it would be, you know, God, she spends 700 pages just telling us the story as is. Can you imagine how long they'd be if she mentioned, you know, every religion on top of that and yeah. all the holidays they celebrate and... Yeah. I just like to imagine Laura Mallory's face when she gets to the mentions of Christmas. Yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't read that far into the book yet. Yeah. I like it. Poor Laura Mallory. I mean, it's All a right, good question. Well, I don't mean to be flipping about it, but... All right. Yeah. Someone want to pick up another next? one? Hey, guys. Sean in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the USA. Uh, I was rereading The Half-Blood Prince, and something occurred to me um, when Dumbledore was discussing um, with Harry the Horcrux they got in the cave, uh, and that you know, that Voldemort had just had set it up so that you would need two people um, to get the Horcrux because someone would have to drink the potion um, and somebody else would have to force them or help them along, yet the boat could only hold one full-grown wizard, yet somehow R.A.B. Uh, was able to get it. Uh, so it occurred to me who would have gone along with him. Um, would it have been somebody underage so that they could have used the boat as well, or was there some other way to get to the island? So I want to know what you guys thought about who was the second person with R.A.B. that allowed him to um, steal that Horcrux. Ooh. <sighs> I think it's Creature. I want to go with Bellatrix Lestrange. Oh, Melissa, that's that's interesting. What does Melissa think? Creature. She said it was Creature. Creature. Yeah. That's why he's all screwed up? Mm-hmm. That's a really groovy theory. I like that. He also wasn't mm. magical enough to trip the boat alarm, so he, right. he could have gone. You know, mm. or different magic. He's elf magic anyway. See, you know, I, that's well, a which good is theory. potentially stronger. I actually thought it was Snape because Snape was around when when I thought Snape was around when Regulus got killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about Ludo Bagman? Ooh. Ludo. Here's my question about that. Um, how does Voldemort himself go if? If you need somebody else to, to I mean, henchmen. I guess he would never have to go. I guess he's not ever planning That's a trip. That's true. That would the do whatever he wants. He'd you know? send his minions. Yeah, he'd send Pettigrew. 
But he doesn't want anybody to see where his Horcrux is. He doesn't want anybody to know that he has a Horcrux. I guess he'll just well, kill It's not like he's going to say, hey, we're going to go find the Horcrux. You could just be like, hey, we're going to go on this little field trip, and you're going to drink some potion. It's going to hurt, and that's the end. That's well, true. Whoever it was, he'll just kill. He doesn't have to kill. tell him it's a Horcrux. Whatever. He'll just kill the person. Yeah, probably. Was was Slughorn around when, when, this, when R.A.B. was there? When whoever, or Regulus, or whoever we're saying he is? Probably. I don't know. Well, huh. He was Sirius's brother, older brother, right? Got got killed around the time. No, he's younger brother. I don't know about younger, younger brother. So he, mm, Hmm. maybe not because Slughorn was around 50 years ago when, you know, and Voldemort was there. Unless Slughorn was still the, was still the teacher then, which. At what point did the curse go into effect about the defense against the Dark Arts teachers? Since Voldemort asked for the job. Yeah. But he, but Slughorn was potions teacher anyway. Not when Voldemort asked for the job. Slughorn was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm getting confused. Hmm. <laughs> okay. This is a really good question. I'd, I'd like to think about this a little bit more because I, I don't know. So that I just, I mean, this is tough to answer, but I don't know. There's, I think there's a lot to that. that that's a good question. More importantly, is it a question that we're really going to get an answer to? Does True. It matter? No, it's a night. True. That's a good point. Maybe not ever so. to look at the encyclopedia door. That'd be awesome. All right, next one. Next. Hey, Pottercast. This is Andy from Indiana. I have a question. I was just wondering what your thoughts were. Obviously, everyone expects there to be a happy ending to Book 7, or at least good triumphing over evil. And I'm sure most would like to see Harry deliver the killing stroke to Voldemort, or Neville wreck bloody vengeance upon Bellatrix, and all of the other villains, uh, the Malfoys, Wormtail, possibly Snape, suffer violent ends of their own. Vengeance is sweet, but do we actually want to see our beloved heroes killing their enemies? If anything, the very existence and nature of the Horcruxes shows that there is a terrible, even spiritual, cost of taking a life. If any of our good characters comes out of that final battle with blood on their hands, that could very well torment them for the rest of their lives and make happily ever after an impossibility. Uh, I'm very curious to hear what you think on the matter. Do you think uh, any of the, the main good characters will be able to escape the, uh, um, whether, they will be, whether they'll be able to uh, finish the book without, uh, without blood on their hands? Okay. Uh, very curious to hear what you think. I uh, love the show. Have a very happy 2007. Mm, I think they should just bat bogey everybody. Of course we don't want to see everyone killed, but I don't think a happily ever after is realistically an either or kind of thing. I don't want to see him Avada Kedavra him. Voldemort, no. yes. Not Snape. Yeah. Hmm. I, I just, but see, this is presuming that Harry's going to do an, an, an unforgivable to kill Voldemort. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah. But it, say he was. Would you really want to see that? Yeah, I would. And because it would be unfair and unrealistic for it not to be shown. And that, that's why. It's not that I advocate violence or advocate, because I consider myself more of a pacifist, but it's, it's, it's a reality. And if we're trying, even though this is a magical fiction world, this is what yeah. things, some people have to make these choices, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So. Well, you think about what Bellatrix told Harry is you have to mean them, you have to want to do it. And right. what Harry says in book six is I'd want I'd want it done and I'd want to be the one to do it. He, you know, any any unforgivable yeah. that comes out of his mouth toward Voldemort's going to work. Yeah. So. He's pretty intense. He's got the emotion behind it, you know. Yeah, right. But what's to say that they have to use unforgivable curses to kill people? Exactly right, John. They can so do a lot of other curses that can wind up killing you. It's true, but there's like, been like, so much. 
Like the, the severing charm on somebody's mm-hmm. neck? That'd do it right there. Well, except for Nick. I know, but it's so, oh. intercl- it's so anticlimactic, you know? Yeah. There's been so much focus on the Avada Kedavra. There's been so much focus on the killing curse. And to have mm-hmm. Harry kill him by, you know, burning him to death or, you know, whatever it is, it just feels anticlimactic. I feel like if it's going to come down to that big battle, if they are, if he is going to destroy all the Horcruxes, if he does come against Voldemort with a one-part soul... It's got to be the killing curse. What about that crazy curse that makes like you bleed from like the inside out, like the? It didn't kill Draco. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like maybe, I mean, it could have killed him if, if Snape could. didn't come in and do the whole yeah. counter spell. I know, but think about it. You're in you're in a battle. There's Death Eaters everywhere. Are you going to chance a spell that doesn't work immediately, or do you want him dead? Are we saying just you the know? ones against Voldemort? Or are we saying the spell that the kids are all going to cast in general? Mm. I don't know. That's kind of vague because the question it was kind of broad. It's just about our heroes. Right. And so we can yeah, kind of presume. Like, Harry. I don't want Neville. Right. I, I want Neville to defeat Bellatrix, but I don't want him to use Avada Kedavra. No, he could use something else. What if he did the Evanesco like on all of her blood? She just. John, do you stay up, up at night it. thinking about ways? No, I just thought of that. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I'm going to tell Joe. Be like, Joe, take the manuscript back and add this in. No, I, I still think Neville's going to take Bellatrix and she's going to be consumed by a giant Mimbulus Mimbitonia or one of those Whoa. venomous tentacula plants or something like that. That'd be awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You know what would be hilarious is if, if, like, they actually led the Death Theaters and Voldemort into, like, a cave, and they fell, like, 20 feet into some, in some tit, uh, what's it called? Oh, the Devil's the, Snare? The, the Devil's Snare, yes. <laughs> and they're all panicking. That'd be awesome! <laughs> one of them's like, don't panic, or you have to, what does he say? Don't, just don't Are panic, relax, or, not? or something like that. You're not relaxing. You're making it worse. Yeah. You guys are doing movie quotes now. <laughs> oh, what sorry. What kind of book fans are you? <laughs> oh, there's no double snare in the book? There is a double snare, but the quotes you're pulling out are movies. Oh, see, this oh. is the problem. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just love to see all the death theaters in double snare. That's awesome. There's your fan art challenge this week, <laughs> art.lakingnews.com. I love it. <laughs> I want to see all the death theaters in double snare. Freaking out. <laughs> it's awesome. There you go. That's okay. our answer. Well, Double snare. Let's, then let's Double move snare on. We'll do it. Hey, Pottercast. This is Katie calling from Scarborough, Maine. And I have a question about the future of the Harry Potter franchise when it comes to, to the movies. Since we don't know when Movie 7 is going to be released, do you think that the Potter franchise um, is going to be as big as it? as it is now, or do you think maybe it'll fade? Because the, cause the books are going to be pretty much done, um, hopefully within the, the next year, and um, Movie 7 may not be released for another three, four, maybe even five years. So thanks, and i love to hear your opinions. Bye. I think it's unrealistic to expect that this anticipation can, can continue when there's no sure. more new plot to be expected. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Well, hmm. see, I was a fan for a long time of Lord of the Rings, and that book has been around for ages and ages before the movies came out. So there was a fair amount of anticipation for that last film, Return mm-hmm. of the King. So I don't think well, you know, I, I'd agree that it's not going to be huge, but I still think it'll be pretty huge. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. Although, you know, I have to say, thinking about, we, you know, we've got the movie coming, and then a few weeks later, the book. The movie is almost the the book announcement pushed the movie off my radar. Mm-hmm. I'll go see it, but it's the movie excitement doesn't begin to compare to the book excitement for me. 
Mm. Now, there's some people who feel very differently. You know, there's actually a fair number of people out there who've come to the series through the movies (laughs) and really adore them. And I respect that. But for me, it's always been about the book. Oh, yeah. The movies are delightful visual fan fiction. Hmm, with the Lord of the Rings movies, well, yeah, with the Lord of the Rings movies, you were also dealing with um, a series that was treated much differently. Yes, it was more like like an inspirational, spiritual kind of thing for Peter Jackson, whereas Mm -hmm. these are an effort to make them really, really well done and really detailed and really likable. But I, I so far haven't felt that kind of spiritual need coming from one director yet i agree you know? i agree with that completely absolutely yeah. but i just think though that i mean that maybe maybe we'll miraculously get a great director by in 2010 for happily or you know deathly hallows and i don't know but i i mean right now you can't say to me you can't say that this is going to be as peak or the motion will be as great for the movie as it is for the book but i think this question was way at the end will the franchise be at, at way at the end yeah. I I've been hearing buzz about Tim Burton for number seven. It'll be exciting. It'll still be fun, you know? Yeah, and that could be really interesting. I wonder what mm. we'll be talking about by then. God. Podcast 300. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a good question. Hey, Podcast. This is Ashley from Illinois. And I have a question, kind of. Uh, I was rereading Goblet of Fire, and I noticed that when Harry looked at the map, he saw... Uh, Barty Crouch in Snape's office when really it was supposedly Moody. So couldn't Harry have looked at the map again and saw that Crouch was on the map again where Moody would be? Just want to know your thoughts. Love the show. Bye. Couldn't have seen Moody in that darn trunk? Yeah. We, we get this a question a fair amount. Mm-hmm. I mean... He probably just didn't look. I mean, he probably just didn't see him. I mean, would the, the map show, answer. like, trunk? The map would have shown Barty Crouch where... Yeah. It should have. It should yeah. have. But he just never... I think it's probably it's probably carefully written around that. It probably carefully shows that he never quite looks to see where Moody is. I guess he could have. He, she just didn't... I mean, if she did that, that would have really... That would have deflated the story pretty quickly. Yeah, that would have been... <laughs> yeah, well, everything would have deflated the story quickly in right. Goblet of Fire if something uh, one thing was changed. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why didn't he give Harry the port key like the very beginning of the book? You know, there could be a million answers to that. I've been thinking about that a lot. There could be a million answers. It could be that Voldemort hat wasn't strong enough yet until, yeah. you know, yeah. X amount of time. Whatever, you know. It's a leap of faith time. I think Crouch was just a drama queen and he wanted this big old dramatic scene and um, waited till the very last second. Hey guys, it's Kelsey Moon in Kentucky from the forums. I just had a... Um, movie question. I was listening to some old Pottercast where John was complaining about um, the casting of Aline James and how they were kind of old. I was just thinking in lieu of the sixth book, do you think that Warner Brothers will take the initiative to recast Christian Coulson, the guy who played um, Tom Riddle in the second movie again? Thanks. Love your show. Bye. Can't see why they would. Yeah, I- better. I've been talking about this with some people. It's like they're so much better off aging Christian Coulson than they are trying to de-age Vines to like a whatever, like a twenty-year-old. Well, they don't How need old to. Is Vines? He's my they're age. No, they're not gonna. He no, no, no. They're they're not talking about using Vines. They're using about. They're talking about recasting for somebody older or younger or whoever. No, you know. they just need to use Christian Coulson. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. you can't use Christian Coulson when he's supposed to be twelve. 
You need you need oh, a couple well, of Tom Riddles in movie right. six. Hey, podcast people. This is Keisha. Um, question for your mailbag. It's about Professor Slughorn and Snake. Um, just a thought. If, if Lily Evans was Slughorn's student, and that means he was at Hogwarts and head of Slytherin House the same time Snape was there. But the only interaction we see between the two of them, Slughorn and Snape, and Half-Blood Prince was at Slughorn's party. Do you think that uh, Professor Slughorn might be able to provide some additional insight into Snape's character and why he behaves the way he does or, or something like that? Um, I'd like to hear back from you guys. Take care. Enjoy the show. Bye. I think there's going to be a memory in Dumbledore's pensive mm. that explains why he trusts Snape so explicitly. Why are we sure that, that Slughorn was head of Slytherin? Was he at that point? I don't, you know, it was never specifically said that. I don't remember. I know that he, it was, yeah. he became it at the end, but did they say that? He became it at the end because, you know, or he was as far as anybody as knew, it, Snape, yeah. was in, Snape was a murderous whatever, but yeah. it doesn't mean that he was head of Slytherin at that time. Uh, you know, you know? That's a good question. I don't, I really don't know. But that. he was a contemporary of Snape's. So at least he was, he had to have been Snape's teacher at some point. Ooh, yeah. it's a Snape. So, uh, right. Well, obviously, he? I don't yeah. know. Well, I don't think much about Slughorn. Neither do I. I don't think he's going to play a big role. Yeah. Oh, well, if you want to leave us some more voicemails, all you got to do is call us up at... Sue, what's the number? <laughs> Voicemail, you can phone one seven zero two four two five three two five nine or one seven zero two four two leaky In the UK, it's the ubiquitous plus or non-plus. Plus. Zero two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two, or you can always email hey, at staff at pottercast dot com. Hey, no, I know I'm, the secret of the plus. If you're in I the UK, say, I was going to say it too. If you're in the UK, you're not using that plus. You are not no, using that plus. We need to I'm take so it off happy our site. I know. We Ooh. can get rid of the plus. Hooray! If you're remember, in the UK. I know how it works you're, you're, now. You only need the plus if you're not in the UK. And I can hear the screams of everybody who's told us this 400 times since we started this whole conversation. But I can hear them all <laughs> just, right. just like dancing in their living rooms as they hear this. You have there to dial the no numbers plus. yourself. You can forget the plus. Well, thanks, okay, Kristen. You were awesome. Woohoo! Thanks, oh, specials. Was... Let's see if Steve's ready to go. We'll push him in here for the <laughs> All right, that all right, pushes guys, me out. See you guys later. See ya. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? It's time for Canon Conundrums with your favorite Canon Conundrumers, Sue and good old Steve from the Harry Potter Lexicon. Yes, indeed. And me, Big J. I'm still here from the last thing we just did. But anyway, we have a spectacular Canon Conundrums to talk about this week. Probably the biggest since Snape, good or bad. Let's hear it, Steve. Snape is a very well. But I, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to admit I'm not quite sure how to how to phrase it as a question. Yeah. I know what we're talking about, but we always have a question. What is what what is? And I, you, I think you better do it because I don't I don't know. I know what we're talking about though. Yeah. Because you know. What do you think, Sue? And Sorcerer Stone, Snape talked to Harry about three things. One was the Bezor, one was the Wolf's Bane, and one was the Draft of Living Death. 
And we, we've seen how Wolfsbane was used in Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, and in Half-Blood Prince, <laughs> we learned about that little stone, which was from the goat of a stomach, which saved Ron's life. <laughs> the goat of a stomach. The bizarre. wasn't it? Wasn't it come from a stone from a goat of a that's goat of a stomach, <laughs> or or maybe the stomach of a goat? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying not to laugh, but no. it just. I'm sorry. You know. It's a new new. So anyway, new feature. yes, and so and so the assumption is that we're going to see the third one coming up, and right. since we have only the one book goat? left, there you go. It's got to be in there. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. The goat of a stomach. Well, you know, the big thing is... <laughs> okay, John, we're past that. We're past uh, that. We're not picking on Sue tonight. I love Sue. Yeah, I know. You know... Okay, the, well, okay, listen, listen, here's the deal. I, I will say, first of all, two levels to this one. Okay. This is this okay. is my two levels when I hit things like this. My top level comes. is thinking of Joe as a writer. So I'm out of the stories now. I'm just thinking about the books. And I don't see her doing stuff like that. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, I'm sorry, this is just me, but I don't see her back when she was writing that one thinking that much in ahead, uh, that much ahead at those kinds of details. Now, the the really, you know, stupid thing is that eventually when I start to say my theories on this, it's going to be obvious that I think she did. So, I'm actually lying, but that is one way (laughs) that I look at these things. (laughs) Well, seriously, though, I look at this as, 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 you know, this this whole idea that everything means something just really rubs me the wrong way. And so, Mm -hmm. I look at that and I say, you know... Back when she was writing Philosopher's Stone, I don't think that she, you know, had that planned ahead because of, part of it is the simple fact that when those things did turn up in the other books, they were not so crucial to the plot that they would have had to have been planned out ahead. Yeah. So I don't see it as necessarily that that has to turn up again. On the other hand, she has a good record of pulling stuff from previous books and throwing them she in does. there in small, you know, fairly insignificant but interesting subplots. And so... so you don't- think she plans out much in advance for those things i don't think she i don't think something like those three items that he just rattled off in that potions class i don't think when she was writing that passage she was thinking that oh i'm gonna have ron get poisoned in book six and then harry's gonna have a bezoar handy and i don't think it was to that point so no i don't think so but you know anyway do you think she knew about the horcruxes in book one when she was writing book one I think she knew. I don't. She, I know. We know from what she said that she didn't know the name of them, but she certainly yeah. knew about them. Yeah, because it's that's probably the key concept in the in the books is the idea of Voldemort's soul being split and stored in various items. And I would think that she had, the one thing I think she did have was the name Hallows. Yeah, I think so. I'd agree with that too. I think that right from the beginning. I think I wouldn't be a bit surprised if she'd read that somewhere and it had clicked in her mind, like way back when she was at uh, Exeter, uh, at the University of Exeter. She read that and thought, "Wow, what a cool idea!" And somehow that was where things clicked because I think that the word Hallows has always been there in her mind, and she always knew that somewhere along the line that was going to come up. Well, didn't you say that that was the the name that she was going to give Seven was the name she was thinking about giving like two. Or am I thinking of like something else I, again? Oh, I'm thinking of six. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Never mind. But she th- that name had been registered though for quite a while too. We I found yeah. that out a long time ago. But um, you know, okay, so right. let's let's. But, talk- we, but we would look at it and say, no, yeah. there's no way she'll ever name a book that. Yeah. Well. That's just too weird. But you know what? Maybe she did. She did deliberately plan this as as smokescreen, and I know that sounds goofy because. Uh, 
Joe is very good about putting, giving us stuff, not smokescreen, but to kind of throw us off track and just kind of make it, mm-hmm. you know, think, oh, this mm-hmm. is what it's going to be. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's really, and mm-hmm. that's, has fascinated me about her, her series is this extraordinary amount of detail and, and way she plots these little strands out. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know, but. The theory that bothers me so about this draft is that so many people think that that's what Dumbledore drank in Haplet Prince. Uh-huh. Well, she said very clearly that he's dead. So, yeah. you know, if he did drink it, he drank too much. So, you know. but, but see, it's interesting because, you know, and I've, I've probably talked about this before, Yeah. but I, I have a sense that somewhere along the line in book seven, um, that there will be something like the draft of living death or or the uh dementor sucking the soul or some such of a thing is going to come along and uh, do in harry you know i had actually thought that would be kill a good harry? way for harry to actually kill voldemort without using an unforgivable is that he somehow has voldemort drink that and he goes into mm-hmm. and the dementor is the one that sucks the remnants of voldemort's soul and, mm-hmm. and and that would be Ooh. the end of Voldemort. And I just thought that That's would be true. that would be a really good way for Harry to 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 not have to actually. So you're saying that the series is going to end with a drinking contest? Yes, absolutely. We're going to be sitting there, <laughs> Voldemort and Harry, yes! cross for a table from each other. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And they're going to no, be holding their little glasses, and the bartender's going to come baby. over and be pouring it in there. And they're, they're going right. to—I'm seeing the scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark here, right? You and know? It's the and they lift up, it up, baby. pop it back, and oh, that's right. Put it down. Now, and, Voldemort's body is only a few years old at that. Point. So he's not legal. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he's not only not legal, but his body has no tolerance for any no kind tolerance. Of drug. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't know what he's been doing. I mean, he's had a couple of years to sit around with basically nothing to do. Uh, <laughs> God. I, I mean, know. He, that sounds you know, like he's a in hiding. Yeah, you know, it's like a pleasure what a him. big wussy. You, you know? know, yeah, he's all bored. But you know, okay, so let's. Uh, as hilarious as that is, uh, the drinking thing. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be a way to tie in the couple puff cup, and you know, with Horcruxes and all. But okay, let's mm-hmm. think about this. That that draft though, they use that in Half Blood Prince when Slughorn and their Slughorn again had them make that right. Didn't they do that in new right, class? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so in a way, it's been used, but it hasn't been. I mean, there was like no purpose to it. It was just kind of like a thing that they did. You know, some like I mean, I don't know, because like a lot of times. Okay, but but you know, Sue, I didn't think about that till you said this. Why? Yeah. Why would that be something they would need to know how to make? That's a good. Question. You know, do you need a bottle of that around? Oh, yeah, think I about know. that. That's one. That's one potion you wouldn't. I wouldn't think you'd have a real use for. You know. Uh, unless you know, how often do you need to fake death? It wow. seems to me an odd thing yeah. for him to make. Yeah. I don't, you know, there seems to me that there, unless it's the procedure itself is something worth learning, and therefore, oh, yeah. you know, they're going to do it with draft of the living death. But wow, yeah. it's a little bit of a dangerous course. You know, that's never stopped anybody I mean, at Hogwarts. But no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I would. I, I think I'd, I have to imagine that the potions that they learn in potions class are, are kind of like. The things you learn when you take like chemistry class yeah. in school. Yeah. It's like you don't necessarily need to know how to make the particular, you know, solutions, but it's the technique involved in learning right. how to, you know, uh, add the certain ingredients. I think I think there like could that. be you could be absolutely right, but I think it's also possible that if you 
because because Hogwarts education is not well rounded. It is geared towards totally. specific purposes. So it seems to me that if you're going to take potions class, the assumption is you're going to come out of that knowing the basic practical potion making skills that you're going to need to survive in the wizarding world as a fully yeah. qualified wizard. Um, you know, a lot of I, I, you know, I'm a little still hazy on this, but I I think that a lot of wizards in the wizarding world are not fully qualified. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're going to be a fully qualified wizard, there's just certain things you know you need to know how to make, and so that's yeah. what you're going to learn. You know, just like you're going to learn certain spells because that's what you're going to need to be able to cast. Hmm. I don't know. It just seems so, to me that this potion that Snape. That, I don't know. It just seemed, is it just too coincidental then that she had the two things? Like you said, it was something she made up that she brought the bezoar in for half blood prince. I don't know. Well, a bezoar, she didn't invent a bezoar. You know, that's, that's a real, that's a known. She didn't invent the bezoar? No. Uh-uh. That exists? Well, that's, uh, that's, it exists in, in folklore. I don't know if it bezoar. really exists, but. You know, that's that's I'm not just a completely made up object by Joe, but um, but the the point is that she was she she made up she didn't make up a bezoar she didn't make up wolfsbane no because oh. wolfsbane is a plant now there's a potion made from it which is what features in book three but um, the wolfsbane itself is just a plant and then mm-hmm. the third one is um, is is the draft of the living death. You know, which is completely, of course, an invented thing. But, you know, the 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 thing is that everybody's talking about, you know, is Harry going to die? Well, what if he does? Is there a way that he would end up not dead? A way for him to die, but not really die? Right. That's where I think something like a draft of the living death could come in. I think that, no, I don't think um, Dumbledore took that in book six but i think that it's possible that something like that will happen to harry oh what if it would sever their little curse connection no it's possible like harry essentially being dead to some extent Mm -hmm. and then that breaking that connection Mm -hmm. so he he has to take it is that what you're saying that he was he would be forced to have to take that just like to act it so it would break that connection and give whoever an opportunity to help save him or something like say ron and hermione have to right who knows what but there'd be be something where he would i've always thought that what it's going to end up being is harry's going to be in a situation where he has to do exactly the opposite of what the obvious is you know where he's where it looks like he's got to take the big sword and chop but don't you know Voldemort into sixteen pieces in mm-hmm. sheer hatred and anger, and instead he's got to tickle him with a feather duster and that ends it. You know that yeah. kind of a thing, to- yeah. totally the opposite, hug. involving love somehow. But what if it would involve love and sacrifice? What if it would involve him having to say, "I'll give up my life for you," somehow? Only he does it mm-hmm. using draft of the living death, so he doesn't actually die. And Voldemort, of course, you know can't you know sort of like all the computers that they keep running into the original star trek series all they have to do is feed him one known sequitur and the whole thing freaks out because it can't work out the math you know so Voldemort just stands there and says but you can't do that because that would be a sacrifice and you loved you can't love me i can that does not compute that doesn't and then his brain would blow up and that'd be it you know and then harry would come out of it and we'd all be happy you know, oh. that's an awesome theory, but I... I, I Is it? Yeah, but, okay. <laughs> that's like what Jack Bauer does in the se- season finale of season four. <laughs> when they, like, pretend that he's dead. And he's really not dead. Yeah. I love or like Mission Impossible, where you peel off a mask, but, you know. Give him a sandwich. 
I don't, you know, I almost hope she doesn't do it like that because that would be like cheating death. And, and if there's anything about Joe's, Joe's books that, or that she's trying to so- show that, you know, death is something that we just really can't. Just doesn't mess around with it, does it? Right. right. Death is real in her books. That's true. Yeah. So, but I don't think that, I don't think that that would preclude that. But no, I see you're what right. you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, there has to be some reason why we've had all these potions. Now, I know that the, for some reason, like, or in a literary sense, I don't know if I want to use that, if that's a way to describe it, but you know how, like, you still have the calming potions and, and they're taking it when they're doing their, their owls or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like a little subtle way that she uses it. So that's kind of like mm-hmm. background stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be some reason that she's come up with this, like you said, Steve. It's just too too big a thing not to to be mm-hmm. important for them to have to learn mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I, Unless it's just the show very early on the um just exactly how magical this magical world is and exactly how powerful these people can do, can can be mm-hmm. just to show a full spectrum of what they're capable of. Sure. Unless it's just I mean I it might probably it could be as simple as that. It could be as elaborate as what we're talking about. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be interesting if it was somebody like Flamel or even Dumbledore when they were doing their research on the Sorcerer's Stone that ended up making this, coming up with this potion? Because I mean, who who would invent this? I mean, why would you want to do that? You know, like you said. I mean, hmm. what if you were like camping and there was bears coming <laughs> and you needed to play bears? Dead. The bears wouldn't come after and you. And as opposed to, you know, one of the other spells which are quickly cast, and you're going to try to get the bear to go, we have another drinking contest. <laughs> no, you're going to... Me and the like, bear. Oh, he's going to play dead, no, no, and the bear's going to sniff you. Pick up the glass. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you don't want to stupefy the bear or anything. No, that'd be too obvious. You want to out your cauldron through some living dead. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Yeah, you said something in the pea soup, maybe. That's what they put in so the customers don't get sick. Yeah, yeah. eat before we eat too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh. So, I mean, okay, well, say say that it is for sure. I mean, do you think it would be Harry? I mean, is there any other scenario we could see that someone, like Neville? What if they use it to help save Neville's life? I don't know. Because I don't want him to... Well, I, I mean, could. Then once, once you start getting off into the possible, you know, other people and yeah. things like this, well, then the the plot devices, the plot threads get smaller and it gets yeah. less and less easy to predict or even think about. Right. But see, there's yeah. one more piece to this that, it, that I've been thinking about. Yeah. And I think, again, I think I maybe brought this up before, but there are certain things in the books which are very incongruous, which just sort of jump out at me. And the project we're working on right now with Alexcon, we've been doing a lot of looking at the whole series, and uh, we're actually trying to find what were the the most important events through the books. And interestingly enough, after book six, we realized that different things were important that we didn't realize, if you'll you'll understand what I mean. For example... Now, when we found out about Horcruxes, all of a sudden the diary in book two was vastly more important than it ever... It was a nice plot yeah. device, but all of a sudden it was so much more. Not only that, but we start going through and finding and noticing and thinking about things differently. Book six changed or added to what were the most important events. Things which were not yeah. important at all or were barely important suddenly became stunningly important with the whole so. introduction of Horcruxes. Well, <clears throat> I can easily imagine that Things like, for instance, Draft of the Living Death would take on that kind of importance. But here's the deal. I think that uh, um, 
when you look at something like the draft of the living death, you're looking at something which simulates death. What happens if you're in a situation where you have to take it, you're forced to take it, and you are to the point of death? And what happens if, if for example, Harry is in that state, or if he's mm. killed in some way? How in the world can we get him back? Well, here's the deal. There is, There are a few times where there are things included in the movies, in the films, which I wonder why they're there. I mean, if they didn't include Peeves, for goodness sakes, yeah. but they did include the kid in the second book taking pictures. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that is included. And, you know, I asked David Heyman that, and he said that certain things, Joe will say, no, this still has to be in there. I'm not necessarily going to tell you why, but that has to stay in there. And I look back at movie two, and I see that kid taking pictures, which is so completely a throwaway. And I think, why did that remain in the film? And I wonder if something like Harry's picture being around might not become important. Because we know there's certain aspect of, of photographs and things which have a certain element of of a person to them. And I just wonder if that, you know, might not tie in with something like the draft of the living death, something which, where, where death becomes not quite what we think it is when we're in chapter, you know, 29, and we get to chapter 32 of Deathly Hallows, all of a sudden we discover that it's all been a matter of, you know, draft of the living death and two pictures from book two. Oh. Wow. That just gave me chills. That would be wild. <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> and see this is me who figures i'm not even going to try to think up any theories about book seven because she's tricked me every other time so why wouldn't i assume she's going to trick me again she's a tricksy lady yeah she is but that's what i love about it so awesome i know i know wow so okay but i okay if i have to say i think it is going to be if we're going to get down to it i would just think that it's too What's your final thoughts? Is oh, are we on there? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I guess I, I wanted know. to say, because all I keep saying back again, I just think it's too important for it not to be. I don't know. Those, to, to, to be of some importance, to show yes. up somewhere in the books. Yes. And she's only there, got one book left, so. Yeah, and there's no other, there's nowhere else to go with it, but, but it had to have been there for a reason, especially when I think about, I mean, the time we've been talking, when I think again about how it was in that Newt book, and then the, the Newt, they had to take it for their newts. I mean, it has mm-hmm. to be important. Why? It has right. to be. So. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. And then, then it just reinforced when you were talking about these little small things. I'm like, yes, you're right, Steve. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, and that's why I say, <laughs> way back, I started the whole thing out by saying, no, 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 no. I'm a Mr. Skeptic here. No, no. You just, everything, you're just taking things way too seriously. But then here yeah. I go doing exactly that. So, yeah. Yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. That's why it's fun. It is. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting to sit there and actually read book seven, isn't it? Oh, I'm not going to read it. I don't think for a while. <laughs> you're not. You, you're not going to read it. I'm going to have it. And <laughs> going to be walking be, around you know, with earplugs in and uh, not reading the news. And yeah, who needs the news? It's going to be interesting. Thanks. Thanks for ignoring me. I'm going to. I'm going to text you with it. And you know, I'm going to say, yes, yes. "Dear John, <laughs> he lives." <laughs> Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> No! no! All right. Final thoughts. Let's do it. Let's do it. Final, Final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Wolfsbane. I'll mean, go uh, first because mine is kind of lame. Just because. Okay. I, I I don't know if I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that it's just another spell or another potion, and that it was just a way for them to 
go through the spectrum about what potions are capable of doing. And in the first book, the first potions class, to just kind of explain the the class and the field of, of potion making. There's not much more to it than that. Mm. Okay. Well, I, I think that it is. See, the funny thing is that that, sh- <laughs> that should be my point of view based on what I said. But go yeah. ahead, Sue. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Go <laughs> ahead. Uh... Don't take my final thoughts, Steve. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, when I <laughs> said teasing. at the beginning, it's exactly the kind of thing I was saying, too. And then here I'm going to go off on my own tangent. But yeah, really, I think fun. I, it is. And, you know, we know how important death is. The, the, mm-hmm. the concept of death and, and for Voldemort, the whole point is escaping death. And, um, death has been a theme through the books. We know that. And then it just seems coincidental that there's a, you know, a potion which has turned up a couple of times and which was, as you say, mentioned in this group of, of three things which did turn out to have something, some, some uh, the other appearance in the books, uh, which simulates death, which is, uh, you know, that's that's a kind of interesting connection there. So I don't know. I will rehash my same old theory that I have that uh, something's going to happen to Harry. Um, I don't know whether he's going to be taking a draft of living death or not, but something which makes it so he is dead and or close to or we think he is or uh, we don't see how he can possibly get back from whatever other dimension he's in or whatever it is because that's what happened when he killed Voldemort and Voldemort died and uh, afterwards they're going to go you know there were those pictures that if we use those pictures is there going to be enough of him in there that we can pull him back and sure enough Colin Creevy is going to say oh, my scrapbook here let me turn to this page and there yeah. it is and, uh, no, it's yeah. the- and there a be, thousand pictures of him and there'll be all these pictures of Harry and they'll be able to get a little bit of Harry out of each one and put them all back together Aww. Okay, that went a little strange, but that, that yeah. that's that's kind of would be my theory if <laughs> if it's going to come at all. If I'm going to be a all John, the then no. But if I'm going to be a Sue, then yeah. Couldn't put Harry back together again. <laughs> yeah, each each picture is a little bit, and then the last bit they can't find it. The last piece we need one more, and then there's the painting that Dobby made. <laughs> it's a little twisted, but oh, there's the last yeah. piece of Harry, and we're in business. This sucks. <laughs> and Harry's walking along, and every once in a while he sort of stumbles because of that bit of you know the Dobby painting bit. He's made of crayons. Yeah. Okay. I want Joe. Anyway, it was a good theory until it, it really kind of turned left, but it's okay. I like it. I like it until it fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, until it was, I laughed until I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Scoozies? Oh, I think it's going to be, well, I think Harry will use it in book seven, and he will, he will not be the one that is used on, but he will use it himself. And I think it could be possible. Um, Voldemort? Yes. Possibly. Really? No, I don't want to say Voldemort. I want to say I think Harry will use it. I think I could see him using it on Voldemort, I think would be interesting, but I think that it, that Harry will use it at some point, I can see him using it to help maybe save Ron or Hermione, even, or maybe Neville. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I just think, I yeah, think- I keep wondering whether Neville's going to show up. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to turn out to be the chosen one or anything like that. But I just wonder. I think Neville's Neville's got a great future in this last book. Yeah. I think, yeah. of course, it could be one of these great futures, which result in you know dying for your friends, which isn't right. all that great of a future. I think but. Neville will die personally. But I just go back because I mean the theory's been in the fandom for a long time that Harry will not use an Unforgivable, and and then the Dementors mm-hmm. will have something to do with the end of Voldemort. And I've always been a believer in that, so I, I think that would be mm-hmm. that would be yeah. just be poetic justice. 
there well, was. Well, sure. Plus know? the fact that she invents a creature which sucks out a soul. Right. And, well, hey. Hey. What is Voldemort protecting? <laughs> soul? soul bits. Yeah. Hey. So that would be... There's going to be a Dementor goes, hey, look at Tater Tots. Mm. <laughs> 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 well, you know? Yeah. All right. So that that's my... Okay, I'm done. So. That's it. See, and I like that, too. Mm. I just like everybody's theories tonight. It's so Except awesome. John's. That was a cool topic. <laughs> Except for John's. Except for John's. Except for okay, John. I like yours, Sue. Pretty worthless. I kind of like the bear one, though. Oh. That was kind of amusing. Yeah, the bear Bears one was good. <laughs> just a tiny little can of conundrum tonight. Oh, yes. You know, but I still like... I, I, I just really would like to just hang on to the picture of Voldemort and Harry in a drinking contest over the little glasses, and Harry slips yes. in draft of the living death. I just think yeah. that's a great one. But anyway, sorry, go I love you, Clever. What if Harry tricked him into thinking it was like this exotic tea, and... Voldemort would drink it, and then he mm-hmm. would faint, and then Harry could like tie him to a chair, and then take like a spinal fluid sample from him. That's awesome. I think that'd be awesome, and like hook come up up to an IV. Yeah, it's just Brilliant. so weird. Hilarious. Yeah, very original idea. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, the people in the comments will tell you what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, you guys don't watch Heroes. Well, thank you, Steve. As usual, you're brilliant. Yeah, you're welcome. So- Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Well, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you, Mr. Steve. Yes. And thank you, Mr. John. Thank you, Miss Suze. Let's see if we can drag Melissa back into here to wrap up the show. All right. All see right. Ya. Take care, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Scribby Five, a new five-minute podcast segment about the Leaky Cauldron's premier essay project, Scribulus. Uh, my name is Nina, otherwise known as Severine Snape, and I'm one of the Scribulus editors. And I've got two of my Scribulus friends with me here today, and I'll let them introduce themselves to you. Hi, I'm Emily. I'm also known as Wally TLC on the forums, and I am one of the coordinators of Scribulus. Hi, and I'm Anne, otherwise known as Ashleen on the lounge, and I'm also one of the editors at Scribulus. Hey, welcome, guys. Um, well, normally in Scribby 5, we will talk to you about a regular Scribulus essay from either a previous or an upcoming Scribulus issue. But today we've got something even more exciting we'd like to talk to you about. And it's something we've worked very hard on for many months. And it's finally been released uh, about two weeks ago. And this is called HarryPotter7.com. And we are particularly excited about this as this is not just a Scribulus project. It's not even just a Leaky Cauldron project. But uh, members of the entire Flu Network have contributed to our ebook, which is what what it is. Um, so we've got chapters by Steve Vanderark of the Harry Potter Lexicon, and also by Lisa Bunker of Accio Quote, and many staff and non-staff members have also contributed a chapter to our book. Uh, so this is a very comprehensive resource about everything to do with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, and it ranges from the possible redemption of Professor Snape to what will become of the House Elves in Book 7. Um, and Emily actually will talk to you about one of the chapters that is a personal favorite of all of us and of Emily's as well. So, um, Emily? Right. Well, it's really hard to pick 
just one chapter out of so many amazing examples. So let's just say that this is one of my favorites. It's called The Power the Dark Lord Knows Not, Love's Role in Harry's Journey. And it's by Pam Nail, who is known as Connie Lane on the forums and happens to be another one of our editors here at Scribulus. Now, when most of us in the fandom think about love, it's usually in terms of romantic love. We're just obsessed with romantic love. Pam, however, shows us that while romantic love is certainly one part of Harry's power, it is only a part and perhaps not even the most important part. Pam looks at all the different kinds of love and how they've played out in Harry's life and even touches on the love room in the Department of Mysteries. My favorite part of the essay, though, is actually at the beginning where Pam contrasts the role of love in the lives of Harry and Voldemort. She does a really good job of showing just how much love and the lack of it has influenced the decisions and experiences in their different lives, and therefore how different Harry is from Voldemort, despite their outward similarities. All in all, it's just a wonderful, thorough look at love and its role in the books, and how it might play out in the Deathly Hallows. And since we all know that love is so important, I think it's a really important chapter. Yeah, it's a wonderful chapter, and it's it's one of my favorites as well. Um, but there is more to our book than just great writing, and Anne will tell you something about something else that's really amazing in our little project. And uh, Anne, so tell us what, what your favorite part about the book was. Well, you know, reading each of the chapters as they were submitted for the project got me more and more excited about the quality of the book that we were assembling. One of the things that I think lifted it from a collection of separate essays, though, into a more pro- professional and cohesive whole was the stunning artwork of Polly Beam. Her illustrations for the chapters are at turns stark, poignant, hilarious, or chilling, and in every case they cut right to the essence of the chapter for which they were drawn. My favorite one has to be Joe Rowling tying up Snape in a big bow. The expressions, yeah, isn't that one great? The the expressions on their faces, I think, are just priceless, and it makes me grin every time I look at it. Some of the others that I think are really excellent are the prophecy one with Trelawney and her huge glasses rising from the smashed prophecy ball, Luna Lovegood with her specter specs and the upside down quibbler, and Hogwarts perched atop the cliff. But there's also the heartbreaking imagery of Dumbledore's remains, the glasses and the watch, the humor of superhero Harry, the menace of the Death Eaters, the beauty of the Phoenix, and, you know, really all of them. I can't wait to see the book come out in its PDF form so that I can print it out and have a copy of each of these marvelous pieces to hold and enjoy. Another big part of the project that I'm proud of is the fact that we're raising money for a good cause, and Nina's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, yeah, that is one of my favorite parts of the project. It's not just a really great resource about information uh, uh, for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, um, but for me, the best bit is that it is for Leaky Cal- the Leaky Cauldron's favorite charity. And this is for the Leaky Cauldron's fifth annual charity fundraising. And it is for uh, Book 8 International, which is an organization which creates libraries and promotes literacy in third world countries. And all the people involved in HarryPotter7.com have volunteered their time completely for free. So you can enjoy the beauty that is J.K. Rowling's uh, creation in yet another way. So if you liked what you read and if you enjoyed Polly's artwork, 
please click on the Literacy Drive tab on harrypotter7.com uh, or click on the link that is provided at the bottom of each page and maybe you could contribute to our charity and help those who aren't able to enjoy the benefits of literacy like we all do. So, yes, everybody, that's uh, it for us this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you will all go and read harrypotter7.com. And Scribulous. um, (laughs) Scribulous as well, yes. (laughs) Our monthly Scribulous uh, editions. Um, And hopefully we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. And we're back. Oh, it's nice being back, guys. Yay. I missed you. We didn't know what to do without you last time. <laughs> we were pretty behaved, you know, though. We did pretty good. Except run amok. Yeah. You were pretty behaved, except you spoiled the entire movie for people. Who? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny. We were not so. I think we were somewhere in Indiana or something where one of the guys turned to me and said, "Hey, aren't you on Pottercast this week?" And I said, "Nope. I gave it up for Mark, you guys." No. They were like, "Wow." <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I, for those who don't know, I was on the road last week um, with Harry and the Potters doing research on the Wizard Rock scene for my book. Let me tell you, I had so much fun with those guys. Hey, John, we are an all-ages traveling band, sort of. Um, no, we they, they are just awesome guys. Like, you, you know how once you hang out with somebody for more than a day, little pieces of their guard slip and you sort of see, like, their mean side or they say things that make you realize their true character, you know, stuff like that. Let yeah. me tell you, these guys are gentlemen. Are you saying they're mean? No, I'm saying they're not. That's the point, John. Don't put oh. words in my mouth. I'm saying they're not. It's just not. It d- just didn't exist. It was sort of sort of strange. I was like, why are you so nice? And where did you come from? You know, um, lot of, lot of fun. Lot of fun with them. They were really good people. They fell into the water at Disneyland. The happiest water on earth. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, they're really cool people. I got to see Sue. I know. It's awesome. Oh my god, you got to see we Sue. We went out now. to Troy, Michigan, and there was Sue in her Hufflepuff robes. And <laughs> what was she at the border? Exactly. In front of the Welcome to Michigan Welcome to sign. Michigan. There's Sue. <laughs> There's Sue in a lawn chair waiting for her. Over. <laughs> Brought her into the van. <laughs> no, no, no. With a, a thermos of hot We had a great time. Cause it was so nice. After London and after traveling around, it was so nice to just see Sue and dance around and dance and sing and jump um, together. It was um, great. We had a good time, I tell you. And and it was the best part. We were in a place that Laura Mallory would frown upon. And dude, it was we were in a church. Awesome. They were in a church, and not like not like an association room in a church. Not like where they play cards. No, in the sanctuary. Of, mm-hmm. There was an altar Why were you in the sanctuary. It's where they got to play. It was right in yes. right in the middle of the church. I swear, it was there was crosses above them, and everybody's in the pews. It was that, it was. Did you awesome. take pictures of that? I got tons. It was the most. Oh, it they? was fabulous. They're all leaky. Yeah. They're on the Leaky Gallery. Send, send them to Miss Mallory. Oh. We should. Oh, she would lose her mind if she Let's, let's make a postcard out of them and say, wish she were here. Harry the Potter's <laughs> concert, 2007. You know, know, we, we talked about that briefly, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the best part was at the end, because at the end of the song, they're talking about the power that will defeat Voldemort, or that he does not know, and it's about love. And there we are in this church, and there's all these fans for all different kinds of, you know, different types of fans and all ages, and it was just, to me, it gave me chills. It was such a great moment. It was like, I'm like, see, there you go. In a Potter. church, you know. Yeah, Potter's about the power love, you have baby. It's the whole song. The weapon we have is love, you know, and everybody just yeah. and, and they're singing about lo- like about love, about the most maudlin thing mm-hmm. possible in the Harry Potter books. 
while rocking and jumping up and down, and it's just the most exhausting experience. It is. Ever have. <laughs> it really, you're just sweating and, and gross, but every, I, at one point I was all sweaty, so I, I said to Joe, I was like, oh, I, I smell now. And he goes, you smell like a wizard. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Thank like you. A wizard. Like a wizard. <laughs> Wizards have cleaning spells, thanks. Scourgeify. <laughs> Evanesco. Scourgeify. We needed, we needed it for the van. Oh, but so much Ew. fun. So, oh, it was, well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't really bad. But um, great time. We hope to hook up with those guys again in the future because they're awesome. They rock. Send your clade car plugins to <laughs> harryandthepotters <laughs> at gmail.com. At yahoo.com. Uh, yeah, at yahoo.com played plugins they do have an outlet in the car that would actually be really nice fun it's a good plan like pumpkin spice or they also something. eat really well on tour they eat really well I gotta tell you I was expecting like Alex from the Remus Lupins warned me he's like bring snacks and stuff because you know on the road you just never know what you're gonna eat pizza 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 they are pizza. very careful to eat very well it's I guess it makes sense because if you're touring for an entire summer you're gonna feel like real crap at the end of it if you don't treat yourself right you know well, yeah, you got to stay in shape. Well, they stay in shape by lugging all their 400 pounds of equipment in and out of places each night yeah. and then jumping around for two hours straight. They got their aerobic... They got fangirls that need to stay attractive for... Yeah. I mean, come on. Though I did see somebody somebody threw panties at them once. Not no. while I was there, but they, but they showed me them because we went back to Massachusetts at the end. And... Um, they, they weren't. Were they, they weren't. I heard John no, they panties? were. Ju- they were huge granny panties. It was the funniest <laughs> oh, thing I've ever seen. Awesome. And it said, "We love Harry Potter" on the back. It was so funny. Um, I also learned to play the drums. Oh, nice, cool! I love that. I'm a drummer. I'm a drummer now. And then they were so they were so nice. They like what, like made me feel good because I'm, they taught me this one beat. And I did Brad from Drake and the Malfoys, who mm-hmm. cannot be evil if he tries. And I start playing this one beat and I didn't know that it was the drum beat in Smells Like Teen Spirit until they all picked up guitars and, you know, their keyboards, whatever. And all of a sudden I I was playing in Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. It was so cool. I was just like, oh, the band. Um, So so you've gone from wizard roadie to wizard rocker. That is cool. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Me and Emily, who was, uh, who came with us, um, she was just doing merchandise for them. Um, we decided that we're going to start a band and she'll be on gu- on guitar and I'll be on drums and we're the leaksters and we're going to make a MySpace and stuff and put it up. I'll be on Cowbell. You can be on Cowbell, John. So you yeah, have to sing. Okay. Never enough of me. I love it. That'd, that'd be fun. So, Let's do it. We should do it just one time. It'd be hilarious. So much fun. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like Harry Potter Prozac, that, that band. It's just, you know. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> Who's laughing? Anyway. <laughs> oh, so what else is up with you guys? We got shout outs this week on MySpace. We can't forget them this week. Ooh. We do. You MySpace people go to go to myspace.com slash podcast. You can if you put us in your top whatever, let us know. We'll give you a shout out. So hit it, Sue. Let's see. We heard from Keith, Jennifer, Robin loves Eve, Eve, Evie, I guess. Brian, Raventhorn, music from the Red Couch, the Golden Fortress, Mary Beth, Christina, S. Dune, Down, don't know. Susan, the one with big eyes, Catherine, Punk Rock Princess, Kyle Patrick, Cap, and Mr. Abuse. Colleen, Shadow Dreamer 89, Amara, Cynthia, Emily, uh, Kyle M825, Andrea, like, oh my god, it's Diane. Oh baby, Lucy, Branding a Wand, oh, Paula, Weasley Cast, I Heart Harry Potter, 
Rachel, I blame Ari, and Kim Kimona. One more announcement this week, a little bit of a sad announcement. Mm-hmm. Our other podcast trio, MJS, the M has got an awesome new gig playing drums with this really cool band. Everyone's a rocker. He is his own rocker now, and therefore we have a missing link in our fluffy editing team, our three-headed animal, and we are putting out the call for any other, any people out there talented in editing shows that sound like Pottercast. Well, a plus if if your name starts with M. (laughs) If you start with M, you probably already have the job because we need... We need that uh, abbreviation fix. But um, this multi-track editing, it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward. You know, uh, write us for more information. Uh, podcast at... No. Or, wait, well, what's it? Staff email address? at podcast.com. Staff at podcast.com. Staff at podcast.com. Email staff at podcast.com if you're interested, and we'll talk to you from there. The other fun little um, bonus that the other editors will tell you is you get to hear probably two-hour podcasts <laughs> because of all the junk that <laughs> you, you hear cut lot. out. And you they'll do. tell you it's not unamusing. So <laughs> if you like the show and you want some editing experience, too, give us a, drop us a note. Oh, sad. Sad pandas. And big good luck pandas to Mike. Where are we with um, the blog challenge, by the way? Did we pick winners? Like, did you guys just ignore it while I was gone? What? When was the last blog challenge? Well, I don't know. You guys did the, the Melissa's book thing. The movie Somebody thing. made a trailer, which was hilarious. Oh, but there was a really great poster that we saw. John, where was that? There was. There was. Mm, they, they replaced all our faces. All right. Well, why don't we take care of this next week? Because we're clearly just Oh, yeah. That was, um, that was our own... Ashley, our Flash programmer Ashley. Oh, oh yeah. Who did that movie poster? Cool beans. Okay. She kicks butt. Well, I think that's it for this edition of Podcast. Oh. We got fun stuff coming in the next week, guys. Lots of fun stuff, and we can't wait to talk to you about. So, on that we'll note, see you next time. Right. Have a rocking week, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Top of Oh, and about time, too. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 